So let's start by talking about the strong support for emerging market bonds and uh, also why South Africa has benefited from this. Yeah, Sakina, I mean, if we look at some of the data, you know, that the data that's been compiled, and we look at particularly the strong inflows into emerging market bond funds we saw last year, um, it really puts into context how global investors have been searching for yield and have not been all that concerned about declining credit quality that we've seen amongst emerging markets. So, um, you know, for example, last year we saw $70 billion of inflows into emerging market bond funds, and that's probably, that's almost double, um, you know, the biggest, the, the second biggest biggest amount we've seen over the course of the last 15 years, and that happened in um, the year 2012. We saw about $39 billion of inflows into emerging market bond funds. So, um, you know, we, we continue to see these strong inflows. I mean, anecdotally, uh, so far this year, Mexico has come to market. They've raised enough money um, for in, in their first two auctions to all. They've had enough interest, should I say, in their first two auctions to repay all interest and capital amounts that they owe the global bond market to throughout the course of 2018, and this is in the first week of the year that they've raised this kind of financing. Um, you know, uh, subsequent to that, we saw Argentina come to market, um, and they've done exactly the same thing. They've raised enough money to uh, repay all their capital and interest payments for the year 2018. And if we recall, Argentina is a country which actually has a history of defaulting a couple of times, Sakina. So um, that gives you a kind of, the kind of indication to, to warrant that, uh, you know, investors are becoming less and less concerned um, about the credit quality of some of these issuers. And uh, in fact, uh, there was a number of emerging market countries that were actually downgraded last year. South Africa is not the only one there. Um, you know, we saw uh, Lebanon, Nigeria, Angola, um, you know, and, 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 and a couple of others as well, which were downgraded last year, yet we continue to see strong inflows for this debt. So with regards to where South Africa fits into this equation, Sakina, um, you know, we saw our bond market actually do quite well last year. Uh, delivering around about 10% for, for, for the year of 2017. Um, you know, maybe not as strong as the year 2016, uh, but remember that's exactly the point. The bond market had already rallied quite hard in 2016 um, and continued to, to, to fare okay um, in 2017. That's really on the back of uh, the strong foreign demand that we've seen. Uh, you know, we know South Africa has funding issues. We know about the funding issues at uh, ESCOM, which could possibly migrate onto um, the, the country's balance sheet. We chatted about that the other day. Um, yet we continue to see strong demand for this debt, you know, and I think uh, South Africa is actually in a position where we tend to be very myopic as South African investors and uh, get caught up in the, in, the, in the negative local narrative, but forget that there's this big global market out there, um, you know, that continues to search for yield and that, uh, you know, could keep our bond market quite well supported. I suppose the reverse of that, Sakina, is that when this global search for yield dries up, and uh, unfortunately we don't know when it's going to drop, we know what might be a catalyst, um, you know, if the Federal Reserve increases interest rates more aggressively, um, than what is forecasted if the ECB or the European Central Bank starts to scale back on their balance sheets. Um, if the Bank of Japan does the same thing, although that's very unlikely given still very low inflation in Europe and Japan, um, that may trigger a reversal in this, foreign, uh, in this foreign search for yield, and we could see a lot of that money leaving South Africa. So there is, of course, that risk. And then, obviously, the very well-documented and spoken about risk of uh, being kicked out of the global bond indices, particularly 
Similarly, the City World Government Bond Index, um, which would happen should uh, Moody's downgrade us one more notch, and they already have us a negative watch. So there are a couple of caveats to this big global search for yield, Sakina. Uh, but uh, even in the event of, of, of the kicking out of that government index happening, um, you know, I think there's going to be limited uh, upside to how far yields can go up or South African 10-year government bond yields are spiking because there will be uh, natural buyers of this debt, um, you know, given what we've seen into the first week of 2018 already with the likes of Mexico and Argentina and ongoing strong demand. We, again, uh, so far this year, in the first week of 2018, we've seen a further $2 billion of inflows into these emerging market bond funds. And then, Nadir, interesting one here, um, NASPERS, their latest investment in Swiggy. And uh, what are their plans there? So what we know about Swiggy is that it's already a company that Naspers is involved in and they have a stake in. Um, and the, late, the latest news coming out is that uh, they're planning in conjunction with Tencent, which is a, obviously the famous Chinese internet business, which uh, you know, propelled Naspers share price 70% last year, given their stake there. Um, in conjunction with Tencent, arranging some 2.5 billion rand uh, uh, financing to increase its stake in, in, um, in Swiggy, the Indian food delivery system. So basically what Swiggy is, is the equivalent of Mr. Delivery in South Africa. You basically order food online and uh, the food gets delivered to your doorstep. Now, Naspers is uh, increasing its stake there. Remember, there have already been massive uh, investments in the food delivery platforms uh, globally, where the delivery through Delivery Hero in, in, in Germany, where they paid $790 million for that business last year. Um, and if one thinks about iFood in Brazil. Um, so, you know, Naspers is the biggest problem here, Sakina, is that uh, we know that Naspers has, um, you know, really been all about 10 cents. And in fact, uh, if you strip out the, the, the value, of 10 cents or they stake in 10 cents, uh, the market is actually saying the rest of the business is worth a negative valuation, somewhere in the region of about minus 620 or 630 billion rand. Now, um, you know, NASPA's management has made a commitment to close that negative valuation gap, and, uh, you know, the one way to close that negative valuation gap is to continue to invest in uh, you know, attractive businesses and to attempt to try and find the next 10 cents, uh, you know, which propelled their share prices to these levels. So, um, you know, they continue to, to invest for that. Unfortunately for management, their track record in terms of investments outside of Tencent hasn't been that great. You know, they've made a couple of missteps along the way. Um, they've had to, uh, you know, dispose of a number of businesses, um, you know, which didn't work out for them, particularly in Poland and Eastern Europe. So, you know, the market is a bit skeptical as to whether they're going to be able to find that next Tencent and hence a negative valuation on the rump of that business. Although one questions whether it deserves the extent of the negative valuation that there currently is there. So, Sakina, I think it's, a, it's, 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 an old, it's, it's basically an old business which Nasdaq already had a stake in. They're just increasing that stake. And, uh, you know, the kind of volume growth we're seeing in this online del- food delivery platform um, is exceptional. Uh, you know, certainly Swiggy reporting double the number of online deliveries being made, um, you know, over the course of 2017 relative to the same period last year. Um, and uh, the Nasdaq is hoping uh, that these business, this volume growth is ultimately going to translate into profitability growth as uh, these businesses go through the J-curve of, of, of strong investments and uh, you, after, you know, after sucking in all that investment, um, they start to reach scalability and they start to reach uh, profitability and hopefully that uh, is, is, is what's going to be the next driver of the share price um, after 10 cents was the predominant driver of that over the course of the last five years or so.